a view from the couch, the all new, all different view from the couch. My name is Rich. And I'm Jen. And we are continuing with season one of the new relaunched view from the couch, MCU phase one. We're going to be talking about The Incredible Hulk, which is part two of phase one. It's also, ha ha ha, suckers, it is part of the MCU. I know a lot of people tried to write this off for a long time because Edward Norton was not Mark Ruffalo and there wasn't a, a, a pure connection to it. But Thunderbolt Ross shows up later and he's played by William Hurt and he makes reference to things that happen in this movie, in Avengers too. So I don't know why people decided that they were, didn't want to include this, but it is definitely part of the MCU. Absolutely. Also, the end credit or the pre-end credit stinger has Tony Stark in it. Yep. We also have reference back to this movie from Mark Ruffalo mm -hmm. as Bruce Banner later. Yeah. There's Stark Industries stuff yeah. all over the thing. Like anybody that said that this wasn't part of the MCU was just You're like not, not paying attention. Paying attention. Yeah. Not paying attention at all. So yeah. So this movie. Okay. So. Let's do our thing. Like, did you see this in theaters when it came out? No. Okay. I didn't see this for the first time until about four or five years ago. So even when you were in the midst of all the MCU stuff, you'd skipped over this movie? I don't even remember it coming out, honestly. How did you not know that it was part of it? I have no idea. <laughs> Life. I was doing other things. No, but I, I mean, like, like, when you were like... Four or five years ago, we were together. Like, how uh, did you not know this was part of the MCU? Well, I I did at that point. I just never went back and watched it, you know? Interesting, because so. you, you rewatch the MCU movies a great deal. Yeah, but not until probably the last four or five years. Mm, okay. I mean, I'd gone back and watched, rewatched some of the stuff, but like previously, if it was an Avengers movie coming out, I'd maybe go watch the other Avengers movies. Or if it was... Iron Man, I'd maybe watch the Iron Man ones. I didn't go back and like rewatch the whole thing. I'd just kind of pick and choose I see. as okay. to what I was rewatching previously. And it's only been the last probably three, four years that I've kind of done a complete rewatch as I don't really want to call it rewatch, re listen, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> call it what you will, you're still putting it on. Yes. It is in the background. I'm still picking moments that I'll look up and be like, oh yeah, this moment was pretty cool. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did see this in theaters, which should come to the surprise of absolutely no one who knows me or has listened to this podcast for any length of time. I am a huge Hulk fan. This is one of the characters that I have been reading for my almost my entire comic book existence, my comic book life, along with the X-Men. So I was, and, and in fact, the TV show, the old Bill Bixby, Lou Ferrigno TV show, was my favorite TV show when I was like seven years old. I loved this show. Loved the Hulk. I thought the Hulk was great. So a lot of the little touches that they throw into this movie that are references and homage to the TV show also felt like cute little, like nice little like touches to me, you know? Like, mm -hmm. And there's comic book references. The comic book references in this movie are abound. They're everywhere. It's great. But and I'll go through a bunch of that. I've got a, I've got a <laughs> I've got a a long list of notes here for for the 
the discussion. But, All right. But yes, the, I, I saw this in theaters. I loved it in theaters. I bought it immediately on disc. In fact, I still have, or Miles still has, the DVD copy that I had bought years and years and years ago because it was a it was a hard plastic case of the Hulk that when you pull apart, it was like a brick wall, and when you could pull the brick wall apart and the Hulk's face is right behind it. I think it's actually sitting on our entertainment center upstairs as part of the other... We've got different figurines and stuff like that from comic book characters yeah. and MCU stuff, and I think he made it to the entertainment center as a display piece. Probably. I'm sure that at one point or another when we were cleaning out, I mean, he's, he's almost 13 now, or yeah, he is almost 13 he now. He does not give a shit about he, that. <laughs> yeah, he does not care about that anymore. It's not as interesting as it was when he was, you know, three or four or whatever, and, you know, being able to pull the... <laughs> he has his own interests right, now. It's, right, right. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so that makes perfect sense that it would end up on our entertainment center because I'm definitely not getting rid of that. It's a it's a really cool little DVD you know case or whatever. It is. It's yeah. very cool. It's just a kind of a throwback to my <laughs> years when I was like really into DVD collecting and Blu-ray collecting and stuff like that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, why don't you give us the cast and crew, and then let's talk about the Incredible Hulk. All right, this was directed by Louis Leterrier. It was written by Zach Penn. It stars Edward Norton as Bruce Banner, Liv Tyler as Betty Ross, Tim Roth as Emil Blonsky, and William Hurt as General Ross. William Hurt, the aforementioned William Hurt as General Ross. Now, did you were you an Edward Norton? Did you know about Edward Norton before this movie? Like, Yes. You did. Okay. Was it mm-hmm. the Primal Fear thing or whatever? Primal Fear and Fight Club and a few other things. Sure. I, I'm not going to be able to think of the names of them, but yeah. I, I always thought he was pretty good. I thought he was an interesting actor. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, he pulls you into the stories. Fun mm-hmm. to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I think I... I think he did a really good job as Banner here. And in fact, I like him more than Ruffalo. And I think a lot of people are going to be shocked to hear that because a lot of people really like Mark Ruffalo. And there's not anything not to like about him. He's fine, but he's just not as dynamic or wide ranged as Edward Norton is, I think. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. I was going to ask that, you know, which actor you preferred as Bruce Banner. Now, I also would like to say, I like this Hulk mm-hmm. better than the Hulk we get later. The MCU Hulk? The MCU Hulk. Or the, well, well, the this Avengers is MCU, Hulk, but yeah. I feel like the whole Disney thing started happening because I feel like Hulk isn't as scary Yeah. later. Yeah, this movie plays like a horror movie, which yeah. is great. Hulk is scary here. Mm-hmm. He, he is not able to control his anger. Mm-hmm. He's very strong. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of a loose cannon. But I wonder if what they're trying to tell us, because I feel like at the end here when we see his eyes turn green, I feel like they're trying to tell us he has more control over it. And so maybe that's why we have a Hulk later that can control his temper a little better. But I also feel like there's a huge leap from this Hulk to that Hulk because this Hulk doesn't speak much. He says... Six words. They're all voiced by Lou Ferrigno. Yeah. He's got Leave Me Alone, Hulk Smash, and Betty. Mm-hmm. That's all he says through this whole thing. Yeah. And when we get to Avengers, Hulk 
can actually talk and, you know, he's not carrying on huge conversations, but he's able to communicate with the other people to, you know, do what they're doing. What does he say besides puny God in Avengers? Um, I don't think he says anything other than puny God in Avengers. But people are able to talk to him and tell mm-hmm. him to go do something. Oh yeah, and Cap he can does. point. Him, yeah, Cap yeah. can say, "Hey, you go do this." And so go he's do able. It. I mean, I know his words aren't there, but he's able to listen and understand what people are telling him and go do it. Yeah, I think the thing that they did here is that they kind of dumbed the character down a little bit. Not in this movie, but in later movies, they dumb the character down even. Well, before they get to this Professor Hulk that we get in Endgame, they make him more of a more of like a brute character than a rage character. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. this, like this is the personification of Banner's rage. That's what the Hulk is. That's what Gamma, the Gamma of radiation, did to him. It he has a okay. So the history of the Hulk is the character is a split personality. And he manifested the Hulk when he got caught in the Gamma Bomb Blast, or the the Hulk's personality became... So he had a split personality before? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, split personality is... So like... So we're getting like... Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde yeah. scenario. Yeah. yeah, it's basically that was the idea. That was what that was what Stanley wanted to create was that kind of a, a situation. And I think what they did later with they didn't want to have to deal with like Hulk or Banner, you know, going back and forth so much. That's why in Avengers it's mostly Banner, except for like what, a couple of times we get to see the Hulk. And even in like in Infinity War, it's Banner almost the entire time, except for the very beginning. You know? Mm-hmm. They don't they don't like they don't they don't play enough with that duality of that. Like Hulk was somebody that Hulk's personality is something that was created by Banner's mind to cope with the abuse that he put up with from his father, the physical and mental abuse that he put up with from his father. And we don't get that in the MCU later. We, we they don't dive into that, like I feel like they should. Like I, I think, and a part of it I think is because Universal owns so much of the character, right? As far as like film goes, mm-hmm. that they don't want to spend the time on it because they're not going. They're not going to get back the the investment. You know what I mean? They're looking at it as a business decision as, instead right. of an artistic decision. Which, I mean, that's that's the way things are these days. It Everything's is a business decision. It is. So. Yeah, and since you brought it up, I, that's one of my notes. This is. The only MCU film to be distributed by Universal Pictures yeah. because he they have the rights to the character Hulk. Mm-hmm. And then later when we're into further parts of the MCU and it's distributed by other studios. Does Did it go right to, when did Disney take over? Do you remember Ooh, what, in they, what, what movies release and stuff Disney was taking over? The first Disney released movie I want to say was Iron Man 3. Okay. I want to say that was the first one that they had a hand in. Okay. And, you know, like you mentioned, we do switch over to Mark Ruffalo as Mm -hmm. a character in the Avengers as Bruce Banner there. I like Mark Ruffalo. I've The only other thing I really saw him in was that 13 going on 30 with Jennifer Garner. (laughs) That's the only one anybody can ever point to. I love that movie. Yeah. And so when I saw him, I'm like, hey, that's that guy from that romantic comedy, <laughs> you know? And um, I'm sure so he was, loves that. Oh, I'm sure. But I thought, okay, well, I guess we're going to see how this goes. 
I like it. I like him in there. I like Edward Norton too. Me not having the comic book reference to know what Bruce Banner is really supposed to be like. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can really choose between the two, which I prefer, but mm-hmm. I do like the way Hulk is more in this movie than in some of the other ones. Cause I feel like he's scarier and yeah. I feel like Hulk is kind of a scary dude. Well, it should be right. I mean, it's, it's your rage exploding right, it's out of rage you, right? And just mm-hmm. big guy and very muscular and very strong and mm-hmm. can't control his temper. Yeah. 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 I think the thing to remember about Bruce Banner is that Bruce Banner is the quintessential 98 pound weakling and Edward Norton kind of looks the part yeah. and he acts the part, you know, he's kind of the nerdy one. He's awkward. He's a little nerdy, you know, he's not like super fit or anything like that. Well, neither right? is Mark Ruffalo. But Mark Ruffalo is a bit more of a bulky kind of guy. He doesn't look the part of the wimpy nerd. He's not nerd. gangly, like right. skinny, he look, yeah. like overly skinny. I'm not. He's not overweight by any means. No, no, no. But he's but not like that overly scrawny. Skinny. Yeah. You're looking for the scrawny. I think yeah. is the term you're looking for, and that's what Banner is. Banner is the scrawny. He's the scrawny weakling. The Hulk is the literal exact opposite of Bruce Banner. Whereas in the later MCU movies. The Hulk just looks like Big Green Mark Ruffalo. This looks like a composite of, and I think there's a reason for it. They use Lou Ferrigno's face, they used Edward Norton's face, and they use somebody else's face, I think, for the CGI to create the Hulk. Mm-hmm. Whereas later on, it's just basically Mark Ruffalo mm-hmm. as a giant green, you know, tumor. You know? Yeah. So. Let's, before we get into the plot summary, I want to talk about something else. Yeah. Edward Norton did a lot of rewriting on the script. Oh, yeah. He was very involved with the rewriting. Yeah, yep. There was some posters that were made that had him on as a writer credit under Edward Harrison, mm-hmm. but that writing credit later was taken away and denied by the WGA, a whole thing. I don't mm-hmm. know. Anyways... Do you know, is that the reason why he got replaced or is there other reasons? I guess I never heard for sure. Why did they decide to go a different route? He is notoriously one of the more difficult actors to work with because he wants to have a big part of input into the artistic vision of a film. And when, you know, I mean, you think about it this way, the director is the one that's supposed to be guiding the artistic vision of the film. Everybody else is supposed to be doing what the director has envisioned. Yeah. You've got your script writer. They give you, they give the script to the director. The director comes up with, hey, this is how we're going to visualize this. This is how things are going to go. And of course, good directors will take input from other people and kind of take that into consideration. But ultimately, it's the director's decision. Norton wants to be that guy. He wants to be the director. And he has directed in the past he just i mean this is not the first time he's had a problem with a director because he wants to have a say in the final cut of a film american history x one of the first movies that i remember him in is one of the movies that like tony k the director wanted his name taken off of it mm. wanted his own t- own name taken off of it because he's like i don't want to have to i don't want to i'm never working with this guy again i'm done you know yeah so he has this reputation of being that way. And as I understand it, he did try to exert some sort of control over the final cut of the film. He wanted there to be less jokes in it, which, I mean, I kind of agree with. But also, you're not in the director's chair, so you don't get to make the final decision. Right. 
And so I think that rather than dealing with that, they ended up going the Mark Ruffalo route. Right. Well, especially when they're supposed to be getting these films in with the continuity of the rest of the whole MCU. And he's that probably wouldn't jive with what they're trying to do there. I did watch him in a few interviews about this. And he actually is a very big Hulk fan. Yeah. He understands the character of Bruce Banner Mm -hmm. and the Hulk. And he was very passionate about it when he was talking about it. So I feel like you can kind of, between him and the director, you could kind of tell that, you know, they they respect this character and they wanted yeah. to do something good on the screen. So Yeah, definitely. They, I think the problem is they butted heads. Yeah. You know? Well, there was I, one of the interviews. They There was not any interviews I saw where they were together. Oh, yeah. They were interviewing separately. Yeah. And there was even times where the actual director was off directing a scene and then Edward Norton was directing a different scene mm-hmm. over here that he was in. And I'm like, that seems weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... <laughs> As I understand it, that is the Edward Norton experience, so to say. And I want to, I want to repeat, I want to reiterate that I consider him to be a really, really good actor. I think he's very, very talented, and he's very thoughtful when it comes to creating a character. Um, I enjoyed, I've enjoyed everything that I've ever seen him in. I mean, I haven't seen anything of these Wes Anderson movies because I don't like Wes Anderson movies. But I just, I, I just know that that is the reputation that he has of okay. being kind of a pain in the ass when it comes to making movies okay all right well let's dive into this incredible hulk story let's do it so dr robert bruce banner is in hiding after a calamitous test of his reverse engineered super soldier serum that leaves him with an enraged green alter ego during this test banner injured his girlfriend betty and her father the man supervising the test general thaddeus thunderbolt ross this is all information that we get in the opening credits. It's an info dump. It's Just an real info quick. Dump. You gotta yep. wa- you gotta watch it the screen. You can't be looking at your phone going, Oh, right. when's the movie gonna start? Right, right. <laughs> now what what I think, you know, you know me, I'm not usually an info dump kind of guy, but this the way that they do this one, I'm fine with. And I think the reason is that we've seen the Hulk's origin now twice. We saw it in the in the uh, movie or the the last movie, the Hulk two thousand three. We saw it in the Incredible Hulk TV show. Everybody knows the Hulk at this point. That's fine. Give us the info dump. They do some cool homage to the TV show in the in the way that he's sitting in the chair and he's got the green crosshairs going across his forehead. That's straight out of the TV show. I appreciated that. The other thing that this gives us is in a movie where we don't get a whole lot of ties to the MCU right off the bat, this gives us like mentions of Stark Industries a couple of times. So we know that there is a relation to it, you know? Right. Right. So I, I think that is is very cool. And I think that the way that they did this info dump is good. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna rescind my I hate info dumps for this one particularly. And I, I'm sure there will be others at some point in my life, but this one for sure is right here and right now. I'm gonna rescind the I hate info dumps for it. <laughs> so uh, in Brazil Banner attempts to cure himself with the help of a mysterious benefactor who is codenamed Mr. Blue, with whom he has communicated via the computer. Banner, of course, is tracked down by a U.S. Army Special Forces unit that is commanded by General Ross and led by a Russian-British veteran named Emil Blonsky. An accident at the soda bottling factory that Banner works at 
leaves some of his blood in one of the shipments of the soda that goes to the U.S. And, a, and an elderly man in Milwaukee drinks one of the sodas and he gets gamma sickness. And this is what triggers the alert to the military. Hey, we found something that has to do with gamma. Let's trace where it came from. They figure it out and they go after him. The military and Blonsky ambush Banner, but only succeed in enraging him, which unleashes his uh, jade giant alter ego known as the Hulk. And Hulk proceeds to fight off the army and then leaps off into the night. Blonsky then agrees to be injected with the same super soldier serum that Banner was affected by so he can stand his ground in, a future, fights, in future fights with the Hulk. All right. Okay. So yep. this is where I start getting confused. Okay. Is this the Captain America Super Soldier Serum? This is directly out of the Ultimate Comics line. In the Ultimate Comics, after Captain America goes into the ice at the end of World War II, the U.S. government sets about trying to recreate the Super Soldier Serum. Later, during the period at the at the period at the time would have been early 2000s, so 20 years ago or whatever. Early 2000s, they are enlisting the help of Bruce Banner. He is trying to recreate the super soldier serum and he infects himself with it and it turns him into the Hulk because it's not the actual super soldier serum. It's just a version that he tried to create. They're trying to, they're trying to recreate it. So where does the gamma radiation come in? He's using gamma to activate the serum. Okay. It's a dropped line. Ross mentions it later that it's a it's a dropped line that he says that they wanted to use gamma radiation to activate the serum and that's why they got Banner involved to begin with because he was the preeminent expert in gamma radiation. So, so the serum that Blonsky gets injected with is not the same serum as what the Hulk gets injected with. It is the same serum. Banner. It is the same serum that Bruce gets injected with. It is not the same serum that Steve Rogers gets injected with. Okay, so why doesn't this guy immediately start hulking out and weirding out like the Hulk does? All right, let me uh, let me <laughs> let me nerd out on you here, okay? Gamma affects everybody differently in the Marvel universe, okay? They're, the comic Marvel universe, right? Yes, okay. but I mean if we're going with it, this is just another version of the Marvel universe, right? Right. This is an alternate Marvel universe. That right, we're but I'm about. saying this has not been explained this way in the MCU. No, no. We're, we're referencing back to the comic book to make sense of this because this Correct. is where I was getting confused because I'm like, why are these? To me, it was like, okay, this is the same thing, but these two are reacting to this vastly differently. Yes. Okay. So it will affect you. It'll affect everybody differently depending on your personality, your makeup, your genetics, that sort of thing. Bruce, of course, had a split personality. So the Gamma actually gave his split personality physical form. Blonsky doesn't have a split personality. Blonsky is evil. He's a bad guy. So when he gets injected with it, he becomes a gross evil monster, right? Not like shapely fit Hulk. He is a spindly, spiny slimy looking creature right but right? He do, that doesn't happen until he gets hulk's blood in him he doesn't get no no no. that's not hulk's that's not hulk's blood that is the super soldier serum that stearns was reverse engineering from banner's blood he was replicating the serum from banner's blood oh 
But it's still want, got his blood in it. It's well, they they used his blood as a basis for to create yeah. it. But yes, yeah. I mean, it, the, the the vial that he gave him was like what, maybe like a millimilliliter of blood. But he just replicated it, so it's not like his blood. It's the it's the super soldier serum that's in his blood. Mm. That 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 Stern's recreated. Now, what they gave him at the beginning, what they gave Blonsky at the beginning, is a small dose of it because they didn't know how he would react to it, and he was able to have Captain America type strength, but he wanted more, and that's why he ends up going to going to Stern's, and Stern's gives him more, and he turns into the Abomination. When Betty Ross in the comics gets infected with the, with gamma radiation, she turns into something called the Harpy, mm. which she grows wings. All right. J- Jennifer Walters, Bruce Banner's cousin in in the She-Hulk show, mm-hmm. she can control herself. Mm-hmm. She can change at will, right? Yeah. She's just a an ultra-realized version of herself. She's not like super muscly rage monster. She is just like super cool, hot, sexy, you know, lawyer lady, right? Mm-hmm. It affects everybody differently. Bruce had a split personality, so his split personality got physical form when he came into contact with this gamma radiation. All right. It is not explained in the movies, and I I know the reason why. The reason why is that Marvel, Disney Marvel, will never, until they have rights to the Hulk all to themselves again, they will never explain how Gamma works in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right. They won't. I still think it's confusing because if you have the same serum, it just seems weird that it's so different for everybody. I mean, I understand you can get a vaccination or something and how you react to that and how I react to that can be different, Mm -hmm. but we don't, one of us go psychopath and the other of one of us is like super awesome. Well, if it brings out the worst parts of you, Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you just look at it that way. I mean, if you look at it just from the MCU standpoint, look at it as it brings out the worst parts of you. Banner's split personality, if he even had one. I mean, they don't even make mention of a split personality in this. So maybe he's just an angry guy or something. His anger manifests physically. Okay. Okay. All right. I I think we're done talking about this, but I just wanted to ask (laughs) because I thought, okay, I'm confused. Yeah. This is the same stuff. I'm confused. <laughs> but thank you for explaining. It sure. No problem. No problem. So Banner makes his way back to Culver University where he reunites with Betty and tells her that he's close to a cure. But before they can make any progress, the army and Blonsky attack again. They were tipped off by Betty's suspicious boyfriend, Leonard Sampson. And the army attempts kind of in vain to capture the Hulk with these sonic trucks and the Hulk destroys those vehicles and a helicopter. He severely injures Emil Blonsky, and then he takes off with Betty. Now, Leonard Sampson in the comics is going to be a gamma mutate as well. He, when he comes into contact with gamma radiation, he becomes a muscle-bound, green-haired guy who is hyper-intelligent. Like, he's super, super smart. Okay. But... We don't get that. We just get the name drop. Much like Sam Stearns, we only get the name drop. We don't get to see what happens when he gets that, that yeah, serum he, in his Yeah, I have a note here that there. he was the leader. Sam Stearns is the leader. Yeah, Sam Stearns is yeah, the leader. He becomes the leader, yeah. He was okay. also a dumb, dumb janitor 
at the at the gamma facility that that Bruce worked at, and he infected himself with gamma radiation, and he became super super smart. Mm. Okay, I want to go back. Evil, and his head grew to like a wiener. It was weird. Oh, that's weird. (laughs) All right, so I want to talk about this college scene. Yeah, this is our big fight. The big reveal. This is our big. This is the first time we get to see Hulk in full form. Yeah, because all the, the other to the time when he was in Brazil, he was in shadows most of the right. time. Right, you got to see you know part of his face or, or an arm yeah. or a leg. His or, eyes you know. glowing. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Special effects are definitely dated. <laughs> they are. I mean, we just gotta be honest. It's 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 from a different time. They yeah. are dated, but when Hulk bursts out of there and jumps out and you get to see full-on Hulk for the first time, mm-hmm. like, just roaring out of this thing. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. That is so awesome. It's yeah. just great. It's just exciting, and you're like, oh, yes, here we go, you know? Doesn't disappoint either because, look, Hulk versus Army is, like, a big factor in early Hulk comics. So getting to see him beat the shit out of some Army vehicles, pretty damn cool. Yeah, the using the armored stuff off the vehicles mm-hmm. as shields was yep. really neat i like the protection of betty ross mm-hmm. how that all plays out yep he's obviously in there he's in there it's just it's it's he's in there he mm-hmm. recognizes betty ross as somebody important to him or something i i don't yes. i you know obviously hulk doesn't have the same thought process as bruce banner but <laughs> you, you could tell it's it's there I love this scene. It's fun. I've I watched this a couple times. I watched this twice mm-hmm. f- in preparation for this, yeah. and both times. Well, the one time we just watched this one. Uh, the other time I was kind of watch listening it, mm-hmm. but stop what I'm doing. Watch the scene. This is one of those scenes you stop <laughs> what you're doing and watch because there's a lot going on and they crafted it really well. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy this fight scene. It's yeah. very good. It's it's very very it's very kinetic. Very energetic and very, very fun. Even though this is kind of a monstrous thing that's happening, mm-hmm. it's still very, very fun to watch this destruction, this wanton mm-hmm. destruction. It's there's a little bit of scariness in there. Like, who's? I mean, are, are these people going to survive? Mm-hmm. What's What's going to happen to Hulk? Obviously, we know Hulk's not going to die, but you know what's going to happen to him here? We just we don't know. Obviously, we know now that we've seen it all. <laughs> but, you know, leading up to it the first time you watched it. This was a really exciting scene. I love this scene. This is a great fight scene. It's it's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're on to something with the way that he protects Betty in this. It's not the same guy, but you can tell he's still in there. That's mm-hmm. something that we're missing from Ruffalo's Hulk, I think. And I think that that's something that we're missing from... I think the other thing that we're missing is Betty. Mm-hmm. We need Betty because in the like the thing about it is that Betty is the one that calms Hulk. She can calm the Hulk down, and they they gave it to Nas- they gave it to Natasha. I was gonna say they I tried don't... doing it with Black Widow. Yeah, yeah. I, I fine, okay, great. But why not Betty? What's what do they got against Liv Tyler? What do they have against like Betty? I mean, I know what it is. It's it's Universal, and they don't want to give it to Universal. Blah blah blah. Whatever. But, do they own the characters from the Hulk series too, they, like Betty Ross and well, they would own and stuff. yeah. I'm well, sure that they would own everything well, that has got, to do with the. They got what the hell's Blonsky's alter ego? Abomination. Abomination. They got Abomination later. Yeah, 
I don't is know. that from Universal or is that that's uh, part of the Hulk uh, universe? Marvel. It's part of the Hulk universe, so it's it's whatever I would imagine, and I don't know. I mean, it depends because I think a lot of when they sold all those rights, I think that this the Hulk wasn't part of that. The Hulk was part of Universal years before Marvel started selling off their properties in the '90s. So I don't really know what their mm, yeah. what they have what they have like. What, what they have in their little empire, you know? I don't mm-hmm. know what I don't know what theirs what's theirs and what's Marvel's, you know. Mm-hmm. Well so since we're talking about it just real quick, mm-hmm. Betty Ross and Liv Tyler. This is nothing against Liv Tyler personally. I'm sure she's a perfectly lovely person. <laughs> I there's very few roles that she's in that I actually enjoy her in. Mm. Okay. Literally, I think the only one I can think of off the top of my head is when she plays the elf in Lord of the in Rings. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And it's because she has this very soft-spoken, feathery voice. Yeah. And I feel like that really played well for an elf. You know, you know, sure. elf, you know, being petite and light and you know, I, I felt like that played well. But when you're getting into other roles, it's like, okay, so obviously that's just her voice. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It it just takes me out of the characters for some reason. Mm-hmm. And I can't separate Liv Tyler from this character. I mean, she's Liv Tyler. Sure. This is just Liv Tyler in playing these roles. So she's not believable to you because of the way her voice sounds? I, I think that's what it is. Because okay. I was trying to pinpoint, okay, what is it that I'm not loving about Liv Tyler? Because okay. I, I don't have any personal problems with her whatsoever and so why I was would you to, you don't even know who I she don't is know her, so i'm yeah. trying to like pinpoint like what is it about her that just does that and i i picked up on this time like when she's talking i'm like oh that's just kind of annoying just this really soft-spoken voice you know and it's like sure uh, i don't know hmm. i think my problem is not necessarily with Liv tyler but that i think that they did betty wrong here like they did her they did her a dirty one here because she goes from Len Sampson straight to Bruce, like, seconds. It's seconds. And who the hell can blame Sampson? He'd be like, look, she just disappeared with some dude, and I think it's that banner guy. Right. You know? Like, who can blame him? Yeah. She just, like, dumps him and takes off. That's Betty in the comics has been married to other people before, and she didn't just, like, run off with Bruce. It happened over the course of time that they broke up and, they, and Bruce, Bruce and her got back together or whatever, but... It's not like she's not a ping pong ball in the comics and the way that they treat her in this is kind of ping pong ballish, you know, mm-hmm. like she's not taking into consideration her current situation. She's just going straight for Bruce, you know, mm-hmm. like they're trying to establish that it's this like undeniable love, but she jumps right into bed with him, you know, like literally the next day. It's like. Yeah, I don't, they just they did her dirty. I think they, that, they did her dirty. That made me cringe a little bit too. Yeah. I'm like, wait, you're still with the other dude, and she's yeah. like, but I want to. And you it's have, like, yeah, <laughs> you haven't even talked to the other dude to be like, look, I'm breaking up with you. Right, and, exactly. And it, right? Just I mean, like, okay, time out, Mr. Bruce Banner. Yeah, we need to step back a sec and yeah. you know reevaluate life if we're for gonna, a minute. If we're going to Mickey and Mallory it and be fugitives, I need to let my current boyfriend know that I'm going to dump him and then we can go and do our thing. Let me right? write a letter here, put it in the mail. <laughs> Something, anything, right? Yeah, nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. So I do feel that they did Betty dirty. I think that Liv Tyler did just fine. I think that what you're talking about, this feathery voice is fine for like the quieter moments, but like she's not feathery when they get to New York. 
she's pretty angry in certain scenes, you know? Right, but that's she lets like loose on one her... scene when she's angry. So, yes, when she's angry. She lets angry, loose on her dad a couple of times, too. She's fine, but like any other time she's talking, it's very like soft-spoken. Hmm. And I just want her to speak up a little bit more. I don't know. But I, yeah, I'm, well. it's fine. She's a live. You do what you're doing. You're very <laughs> successful. Good for you. I've never had a problem with her in anything. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. This is just me. This is just me. But kudos to Liv Tyler. Thank you for everything you do. I don't want to like belittle anybody for doing what they're doing. I was just trying to say there's just something about you know her acting in in certain things that I just don't connect with. So yeah, yeah. makes sense. Bruce and Betty go to meet with Mr. Blue in New York City. I was telling you about New York City there a second ago. And Blue turns out to be a cellular biologist named Samuel Stearns, who, as you mentioned, will become the leader at some point in the comics. Now, he's not. we're not going to ever get that here. Oh, so that guy's the leader. Yeah, that okay, guy's the leader. So That's that... why when he gets the... You remember he gets the cut on his head when oh. Blonsky transforms. So... And the, and the serum is dripping down into his head. Yeah. Yeah, and his head's like going... Doing like a... Like a blah, 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 blah thing. So the the boyfriend of Betty's now mm-hmm. does... And you said he becomes somebody? He becomes Doc Samson. Doc Samson. Okay. Okay. And this is comic book stuff. It hasn't happened in the MCU. It hasn't happened but, in the MCU, but, but those are the okay. character names for... I feel like they could have brought this, the leader in, because, I mean, they set it up. They should. But who knows if they will or not, because it's been so long now. It's too long so, now. Yeah. They've, they've left it. They've they dumped on Hulk fans. We're done. We don't get to have anything except for... Whatever. Oh, well, they probably don't want to pay the Universal Studio asking price. Oh, that's no. exactly what it is. Yeah. But you know, whatever. So, Stearns has been using the blood sample that Banner sent him to both engineer a possible cure, but also mass produce the serum that created the Hulk in the first place. I love Edward Norton's take on all this. Like, you mm-hmm. look at we watch his face, and yeah. he is absolutely horrified. Yeah. As he's walking through here. Yep. To I mean, you think about it. To realize that something that you created and knowing what it was that you created could do so much harm to have it replicated that many times and to have it that many copies of it out there Mm -hmm. that's terrifying but then think about this that was always the plan wasn't it the super soldier serum was going to be mass produced and plugged into soldiers to create an army of Captain Americas, basically, right? Right, but I think after Bruce Banner's turning into the Hulk, he's like, okay, this is just not safe. We can't do this. Right, yeah. No, I get it, but I mean, like, he had to have known that somebody was going to try and mass produce something, right? Oh, yeah, but I he was... He's being too trusting of this dude. That he didn't know. He didn't, he didn't know, know who he was. Yeah. He didn't have his identity. Now, in the comics, Mr. Blue, Mr. Green is co- are code names that Betty and Bruce use during a period when Bruce is on the run and Betty is trying to help him by telling him when the, when the army's going to be coming to get him mm, okay. or coming after him or people okay. other people are going to be after him. So, like, they use code names for that. And so that's, that's a neat little homage to a Bruce Jones run that I really enjoyed. But, but to... This is the thing. Bruce Banner is a super smart guy. Like, he is one of the smartest men on the planet in the 616, the Marvel, regular Marvel Comics universe, right? Why would he ever 
just give his blood to some rando on the internet. He has no idea who this person is. Yeah. This is my big problem with this film. It doesn't track. Bruce is smarter than this. Why would he even tell this person? Why would he even say anything to anybody that he doesn't know personally? Why would he tell them anything about himself? I know he's desperate to find a cure, but I don't know, a hole up somewhere where you can maybe get your own little lab equipment and do it yourself or well, something. Well, he did. He was trying, but like he needed help. He needed somebody that could help him with and That's why that's at the beginning of the movie. He's mm-hmm. Mr. Blue tells him to go and get the flour or whatever, mm-hmm. and he makes the serum out of it. But like, that's one thing, you know, mm-hmm. sending your blood, which will easily identify you as Dr. Robert Bruce Banner, who took a soldier super, super soldier serum and turned into a giant green rage monster. Sending it to somebody that you don't know is flat out fucking stupid. Just dumb. Irresponsible. Absolutely. It's somebody that is horrified at how many times this has been replicated. He's responsible for this. Oh, yeah. He gave it to somebody that he doesn't know. That is a that this is the point at which the movie almost lost me. I was like, this guy is way smarter than this. Why is he doing this? Well, we have to get the abomination made somehow. I guess, but see, when I first started watching the movie, the first time I sat down to watch the movie, I knew the Mr. Green, Mr. Blue thing. And I was like, oh, he's talking to Betty. When it turns out to not be Betty, I'm like, who the fuck is he talking to? Why is he sending his I blood to somebody? Nobody. I thought it was going to be Betty, too. I was like, oh, he must be talking to Betty. Did you really? Okay, so there you go. So, like, I could understand him sending his blood to Betty. She's trustworthy. She right. knows her. He's He's, he's, he's got a relationship he's with her. He's got a relationship yep. with Why would yep. you send it to somebody you have no idea who he is? I don't think he would. Oy, Bruce, you dumb bastard. So, while Bruce is discovering the error of his ways, Ross visits a now quickly healed Blonsky in the hospital. The super soldier serum allowed him to recover from his injuries in a superhuman amount of time. And he wants a rematch with the Hulk. And this here is where he gets another injection of what they have for the serum. Yep, they give him another dose. But it's again the the lighter watered down dose, and you can but you can see the beginnings of the abomination because like there's bone his bones are kind of crackling under his skin yep. right and yep. kind of morphing a little bit. And he's sweating a lot mm-hmm. and overly aggressive and yeah. Yep. At Stern's lab in Harlem, Banner undergoes a treatment which appears to send the Hulk into remission. But they're attacked a third time by Ross and Blonsky before they can really decide whether or not it's worked. The army manages to take Banner into custody and takes him and Betty away in a helicopter, but Blonsky stays behind and demands that Stearns give him a higher dose of the serum. He wants what Banner has. But he can't unless he has a split personality. And even then, who knows if it would come out the same way. Yeah, exactly. And we don't know how it would turn out, right? So Stearns gives him that higher dose and the procedure turns Blonsky fully into the abomination, which as we talked about was kind of a spiny, scaly, slimy looking Hulk creature. Stearns gets injured during Blonsky's transformation and he gets some of Banner's serum into his into a cut on his head, which causes him to begin mutating as well. You can kind of see his head undulating. 
And he's got this weird smile. It's like, ooh, that feels good. Right. Now. <laughs> Creepy dude. <laughs> right. So I wonder I wonder if what the plan was for Sam Stearns. I wonder if they were going to give him wiener head or if they were going to give him popcorn head. Because later, they, they, they reimagined the leader in the late 80s. And he has more of a head that looks like a giant brain. Okay. Almost. Sure. So I didn't know if it was going to be popcorn head or wiener head. We will never know. We'll never know. I want to, I, w- I wish I could see like storyboards for Hulk 2 or something like yeah. that to see how they were going to, you know, go about that or whatever. I don't know if we mentioned this or not, but the other connection to other movies in the MCU mm-hmm. is the abomination. He comes back much later and oh, he's yeah, with yeah. Wong and then he's also with. That was in Shang-Chi, wasn't it? Where he was fighting in yeah. that uh, underground Shang-Chi, fight club or whatever. and then he was in... What other one was he in? He was in the She-Hulk TV series. That's what it was, yes. But that's Blonsky, not Abomination. So. Yeah. But yeah. Right, but it's the character, right. and we're looking for connections to say that this, yes, this is an mm-hmm. MCU movie. Yes, no, those are future connections, but I was thinking more along the lines of when I was talking about those connections was, how do we sew this to Iron Man? Because mm-hmm. really what they're doing at the beginning of this is they're making a quilt, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to take Iron Man, they're going to take Hulk, Thor, Captain America, and sew them all together to right. make the Avengers. Yep. So I, I, and I think the thing is that people are like, Hulk, that's not part of it, because it's not even the same guy, but it is. I mean, it is. There's, it is it's yeah. peppered all over this, that there's stark a stark influence everywhere in this. Yeah. Yeah. So the abomination is rampaging through the streets of Harlem and Bruce convinces Ross that the only person who can stop the creature is the Hulk. So Ross releases Banner who jumps from the chopper and transforms into the Hulk just as he hits the ground. Now (laughs) this whole part kind of made me laugh the whole when he falls backwards mm-hmm. and he's like waiting for the Hulk, waiting for the Hulk. And then there's this whole panic of, oh shit. Yeah. I don't think the Hulk's coming. Right. <laughs> the, it is played for laughs, but what I think is really dark about that is that there is a period of Bruce's life in the comics where he tries to off himself a bunch. And they're actually going to make uh, mention of it later okay. in, in Avengers. They make mention of it where he says, yep. I tried to shoot a bullet in my mouth. And the other guy, which I think is a stupid thing, the Hulk spits it out. Yeah. There are numerous attempts on his own life. He tries ah. to take a jump off of a thing. He tries to step in front of a truck, all kinds of things. And the Hulk always, always shows up right at the end to stop it from happening, to preserve his life and Banner's life. Sure. So I think that's really dark. But that also, is when you know also that Also kind part. of comedic, you yeah. know? Absolutely. Yeah. I th- I wonder if this is one of those things that Norton wanted to cut out. Like he didn't want the the goofy oh shit thing in there. It could be. And that I mean cuz if you take that out, that's really fucking dark. Did he live or did he die? Boom, he's alive, but he's the Hulk, right? Right. Well, I don't know. I don't feel like I laughed a lot through this movie. There's no. not a lot of Laughs in this. No, there's a couple of jokes like poking fun at the fact that the Hulk wears purple, torn up purple pants in the in the comics and things like that. But like, it's not that jokey. But no. it definitely has like moments where it's lighter than others. Yeah, you know? I feel like that part, like the purple pants, was more of a wink to people that r- read the comics. Right, a mm-hmm. wink to comic readers, like, yeah. oh, here's the purple pants. <laughs> You're not gonna get them. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Hulk and Abomination fight across Harlem, and Hulk defeats the newly transformed Blonsky, nearly strangling him to death, 
before he is calmed a bit by Betty's pleas to let Abomination live. Now, this is also dark as fuck, right? He's already killed a bunch of people by this point, the yeah. Hulk, right? I mean, he's killed a bunch of army guys. A lot of soldiers and mm-hmm. stuff, yeah. Like, there were people in a helicopter, all those people on those tanks. I mean, he murdered a bunch of people. Yeah. But now here he is. We're going to watch him do it with his bare hands until Betty's like, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Right. And he listens to her. He stops and he listens to her. That, I think, is what we're missing later. Like, we are missing that. Nat can kind of calm him down, mm-hmm. but like Betty can bring him back from the verge of committing a, like a crime mm-hmm. that he's that's going to hang over him for the rest of his life. Right. You know what I mean? The only thing is they don't put Hulk in those type of situations after this. Yep, exactly. He's just I, not it, in that spot where yeah. that's required even. Right. Yeah. So Hulk then leaves the abomination for Ross to clean up. He has a moment with Betty and then he takes off. He runs. And a month later, Banner is in British Columbia. and he, We learn that he, in, instead of learning to suppress his transformation, he's learned to control it. Now, where does that leave us heading into the Avengers, though, is my question. Because in the Avengers, he both loses control. Now, he was being manipulated by, by Loki. He both loses control and manages to control his transformation. Mm-hmm. Later, he can't do that. Can he? Like later when? Well, in other movies, like even in Avengers Age of Ultron, he can't control it. He needs Nat to calm him down. Mm -hmm. He doesn't like control the Hulk turning back and forth. Maybe he's not doing his practice anymore and he's losing his abilities. I don't know. I have no idea. But you're right. We kind of lose his control like this is telling us he has control on it so unless if they're just saying okay we're just going to forget that part and we're just going to move <laughs> forward with this other thoughts we've got here maybe they are but i think that we, they could have i think they would have been served better to have ruffalo's banner make reference to well i was getting close to being able to control it but you know blah 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 stop right. me from being able to do so or whatever you know right but they don't they don't do that it only works for so long, and then I got to start over or something. Yeah. yeah, maybe I can. Maybe he can transform into him, but he can't transform back. Maybe that's yeah. That, they, be, that yeah. would have been perfect, right? You could have well, because he kind of does up. that when yeah. when they're doing the Avengers mm-hmm. and Tony's like, "Go do your thing" or whatever, and he mm-hmm. could just turns and he turns into the Hulk. Yeah, I mean, so obviously he can just turn into the Hulk, right? But that's the only other time that we see him able to do that. Yeah, you know, yeah. like they don't. This it gets messy later, yeah, because they don't follow the rules that they've set up here, mm-hmm. or even the rule that they set up in Avengers, you know. Mm-hmm. And we still yeah. have Kevin Feige here, so yeah. he should have some kind of like, okay, this is what we're doing here. <laughs> He's not treated as a major character. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. That's the killer part is that he is a founding Avenger, and he's not treated as a major character. He's right. not given the same considerations because he doesn't have his own movies. Mm-hmm. You know, we can get that kind of character development for Captain America or Iron Man or Thor, even Thor, for Christ's sake, but not Hulk. You know? Right, right. All right. So that is, that's it. The end of the movie, effectively. Now, do you have a trivia, stuff like that? What do yeah, you have? I have a few more things to go okay. over. All right. So they did some kind of 
I don't know if you want to call them callbacks or what you want to call them, but they're including other Hulk versions in, which you did mention with the TV show and stuff. So just a couple of things I want to make sure we cover. Mm -hmm. Paul Souls, he portrays Stanley Lieber, who's the owner of the pizza shop. Yeah. He is actually the voice of Bruce Banner and the Hulk in Hulk 1966 animated series. Really? I didn't know that. That's cool. Okay. That's neat. Yeah. During the beginning of the movie when he's flipping through channels, Mm Mm-hmm. The show he stops on is The Courtship of Eddie's Father from yep. 1969, which stars Bill Bixby. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bixby played Dr. Banner in The Incredible Hulk 1977 television series. Dr. Bruce. Not brought, not Dr. Bruce Banner, though. He played Dr. David Banner. Because, <laughs> and I'm, I'm telling you, this is exactly why they did it. The producers of the show thought that the name Bruce was too gay. So dumb. It is ridiculous. <laughs> But yes, Bill Bixby did get to make a cameo in this movie, which I thought was both sweet and a little sad. When Bruce infiltrates the university as a mm-hmm. pizza delivery man, mm-hmm. he bribes the security guard played by Lou Ferrigno, who plays the Hulk in the TV series. That's right. Green sneakers and all. And at one moment while they're having an interaction, Bruce's eyes, does they flash green while yeah. they're talking. I didn't notice that. They do? Yeah. That's cool. Green. That's cool. Um, Lou Ferrigno, man, when we were watching, I'm like, man, that dude still has arms, man. He's got pipes on him. <laughs> He's huge. That dude is huge. He's like, I can see why they had him play the Hulk. Yep. He's a big guy. Yeah, he is. Yeah. So that's all the interactions I had between other Hulk series. Did you have anything else on uh, that type of stuff? As far as trivia, like things like that, I don't have, but I do have comic book references. Okay. That are in here. You want to go through those? Let's do those next. Yeah. So there is a mention of the Everglades in this. And Bruce, or the Hulk, at one point in the 90s was holed up in the Everglades for a stretch because they thought that he could just be kind of like a myth because he was stuck as the Hulk. And so they thought that he could be kind of like the swamp monster myth or whatever, right? So Betty used to like paint his hands white and wrap his face in bandages like the invisible man and he'd wear a baseball hat and he'd go out and work as a mechanic for a while there so i thought that was cool we already talked about mr green and mr blue and that thing they make mention of canadian hunters that encountered the hulk at one point ross is mentioning it to i think it's blonsky i don't know who he's talking to at the time but he mentions canadian hunters wolverine first appeared in incredible hulk number 180 and then fought the hulk in number 181 in canada and wolverine is canadian he's also a hunter ah. i thought that that was interesting yeah there's plenty of other like comments like that. The the Hulk smash obviously is the is the big thing. That's what he's known for saying. Leave me alone is the other line that he mentions. Hulk spent a huge part of his life just wanting to be left alone. Nobody understood him and he just wanted to leave. He wanted to be away from everyone else and they kept chasing him. So him, him saying leave me alone is definitely something that that keyed for me when I was listening to the, when I was watching the movie and hearing it, the lonely man theme, that piano music, that dun, 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 that whole thing. Mm -hmm. That is the end credit music from the incredible Hulk TV show. This is the music that plays in Guatemala after uh, Bruce lands and he's got no, no shirt and he's wandering through the streets of whatever town he's in, in Guatemala there. Right. Yep. Uh, We talked about Leonard Sampson, 
we talked about the pizza guy whose name is Stanley Lieber, which is Stan's real name, Stanley Lieber. Mm. Stan Lee's real name is Stanley Lieber, I should say. Okay. Yep. I think that is all I have. We mentioned the I mentioned the Hulk versus the Army being a big being a big comic thing. That is one other quick thing. The lightning storm uh, after he runs away with Betty. Yeah. There's that lightning storm and the Hulk shouting at the lightning storm and roaring at it. That is proof that he's not Bruce, I think, because Bruce, when she talks to Bruce, he's she, he doesn't recognize her as as like Bruce's girlfriend. He mm-hmm. thinks that he is Bruce's girlfriend. Hulk's has Hulk's got this like weird thing where he's got a thing for Betty too, but that's just Bruce's personality coming through right. that veneer, you know what I mean? Right. But I also like that they give you that kind of childlike rage that it's undirected. It's just generalized rage there in that scene. Mm-hmm. The CGI in that scene is terrible. It's one of my least favorite parts of the entire movie. It just lo- it stands out like a sore thumb, the Hulk does. Yeah. But the roaring at the heavens, roaring at the electrical storm is a typical Hulk rage thing to do. So, yep, that's, I think that's all I've got. All right. I did have one other trivia note. Oh, what do you got? I want to talk about. This is the fourth film that Edward Norton plays a character with an alter ego. He played in Primal Fear, Fight Club, Fight Club and The Score. The Score? Yeah. I've never seen The Score. I haven't either, but apparently that's kind of his thing. <laughs> okay, no. Okay, but... Okay, Fight Club, he plays a guy with split personality. Ob- yeah. ab- absolutely. I'll, I'll categorize that. Primal fear, is it really an alter ego? That was just a manifestation of the guy. Like, he was creating that character and playing that character. Mm-hmm. It's not like he was like, it's not like he, well, I guess you could call it an alter ego. It's like a disguise, like yeah. a, like another version of himself. Okay, I guess, but I don't know. I don't. I feel like Fight Club and this make more sense together. Yep, those two definitely kind of click a little bit. Primal fear, there's definitely... There's two sides to him, and mm-hmm. he is doing it on purpose. But right. there is still he's playing. He's playing two different roles. Two different yeah. characters here. Yeah, fair. Yeah. That's fair. So that's fair. All right, you want to talk about the Stanley cameo? Let's talk about the Stanley. All right, so the part where a guy grabs a soda from the fridge and takes a sip and gets contaminated with Bruce Banner's blood. That guy is Stanley. So that's our Stanley cameo for this movie. Also known as Elderly Man in Milwaukee. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now let's let's hear about who else was behind creating the Hulk. Yes, it wasn't just Stanley. We also Hulk there's a long list of people that have created the legend of the Hulk, but the character himself was created by Stan Lee, and you're going to hear this name a lot, Jack Kirby. Jack King Kirby was responsible for creating, or I guess we could say co-creating, but he was responsible for creating almost all of the early Marvel characters. So, yep. Not, not as many as the as the Iron Man okay. stuff, but you know there are other names that we could honorably mention. I mentioned Bruce Jones. He had a run on the comic that was influential. We had Peter David, who had a 12-year run on the comic that was absolutely definitive. It's the one that everyone refers to as... This is where we get Professor Hulk the first time, the one that's in Endgame. 
Peter David is the one that respo is responsible for creating that. He laid so much of the groundwork for the Hulk and elaborated more on the split personality stuff that Bill Mantlo had had posited early on. Like he is responsible for that. So he's also responsible for Joe Fix It, which we you know I, I introduced you to when we were on vacation. I had that Joe Fix It follow up comic. Yeah, there. yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the end credit scene. Now yeah. this... Talk about how unique this is because this is an end credit scene that started unique. one yep. place and ended somewhere So different. the original theater version had it occur during the credits. Yeah. But for the DVD and Blu-ray releases, they put it before the credits. So this is a pre-credit scene and we do not have an end credit scene right. or a mid-credit right. scene now right. it, it started as mid credit, but now it is pre credit scene. Yep. But why don't you go ahead and tell us what happened in this pre credit scene? In the, I'm going to still call it a mid credit scene because the first time I ever saw it, it was mid credits. Right. Yep. And basically, what happens is Thunderbolt Ross is in a bar and he is drinking his miserable failures away, and he is visited by Tony Stark in much the same way that Tony was visited by Nick Fury at the end of Iron Man. Tony tells him we're putting together a team. And Ross mentions that Tony wears great suits. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. That's all the, <laughs> that's all the more teas we needed back then. Oh, you know what? I missed a couple trivia things. Can I throw them in yet? No, I, re I refuse to allow this. It's alternate casting, though. Go for it. You, you love got? alternate casting. I do love alternate casting. Go ahead, give it to me. All right. For General Ross, Sam Elliott. Well, okay, so Sam Elliott did play General Ross in Ang Lee's 2003 Hulk movie, so that would make sense. Okay. He did a really good job as General Ross in Ang Lee's 2003 uh, Hulk movie. Okay. Which I think is underrated. Betty Ross, Jennifer Connelly. Again, straight out of the 2003 Hulk movie. Okay, <laughs> interesting. I didn't know that. What, what were they just planning on bringing everybody back? Well, they were looking at this as a sort of... Uh, what what they call it a requel like a reboot sequel oh, and so that's how it started so I wonder okay. if maybe that's where these guys were originally talked about let's bring these guys back yeah because we're just doing a sequel but then they ended up kind of rebooting it a little bit so. so can I guess that Eric Bana was the supposed to be Hulk yeah he's one of the ones <laughs> on Bruce Banner so for okay. Bruce Banner I have a few all right Eric Bana yeah uh, David Duchovny no thanks that would have been weird. Yeah. That would have been really weird. Yeah, definitely. Like he has too his hair's too nice. His hair's too nice. <laughs> it's just weird. You can't do it. I can't I can't say his hair's too nice. David Duchovny, why don't you love Are you going to you're going to I'm going to I'm going to leave that in. You really want me to leave that in? Okay. So, here's my question. Like when he transformed into the Hulk then, would he have had the David Duchovny like wavy hair from like Maybe, who knows. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying is I can't picture him as the Hulk cuz like that's just weird. The next one auditioned but was not offered the part. Keith Richards. Matthew McConaughey. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> this wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. No, I... I didn't even buy him as a scientist in Interstellar. <laughs> I'm sorry. It wouldn't work. Dominic Purcell, the dude from Prison Break. No fucking way. Really? Yeah. Come on. Maybe. I mean, the guy's intense, but 
he's pretty built. He wouldn't make the scrawny Bruce Banner. That for wouldn't sure. work. It doesn't yeah. work. What does he want to do? He's going to put him in green paint. He can't be the next Lou Ferrigno. He's not stacked like Lou Ferrigno is. Yeah, I don't and know. And he can't like come on. What's he going to lose? What's he going to do? Lose ninety pounds and I don't ninety know. pounds of muscle? Right. No. Nah, right. Can't do it. And the last one is Liv Schreiber. Again, too bulky, too big, too muscle boundy. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he was Sabretooth in the in uh, in the X Men Origins movie, yeah. and he was fine for that because he's kind of built and he's kind of like broad shouldered and broad chested. That works. Yeah, you're not scrawny. You need to be looking at scrawny people. If you want, if anybody could do it, it would be Rick Moranis. <laughs> right? Get Rick Moranis in there to do it. Charlie Day. Scrawny little dudes, right? Little nerds yeah. that look like Charlie if you get Day, them wet and you push them over, he's going to fall has over. Has he been in much for serious roles, Charlie Day? No, I don't I, think so. I think all I've seen him in is comedy, and this is definitely not, you don't want comedy in no, for no. Bruce Banner. No, so. this is this is borderline horror movie, yeah. which I thought was really cool. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Okay, that's yep. all I have for alternate casting. All right, let's do our thing then. Let's do our rating. And reminder to the listeners, again, we are abandoning our keep, rent, or erase. We are now going ratings out of five stars. Jennifer, how many stars out of five do you give Hulk and why? I am going to give this four stars. I really like this Hulk movie. It's a great movie. The special effects are definitely dated, but if you can overlook that and mm-hmm. see with what they were going for, mm-hmm. I think you can really enjoy this movie. Yeah. I think Edward Norton is fantastic in this movie. I think he does a great job. I like the story. I like the fight scenes. This is a great superhero movie. I love it. It's okay. it's great. All right. How about you? Well, I'm going to look at I'm going to look at this the way I looked at Iron Man and I'm going to look at it within the confines of a comic book movie, the confines of a Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase 1 movie as well. And if I gave Iron Man four and a half stars and this is my second favorite Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase 1 movie, this movie is probably a full star below Iron Man. So I'm going to give it three and a half. Mm, okay. Three and a half stars and it's not now Consider that three stars, excuse me, two and a half stars is considered not bad. That's, that is That's middle, middle of the of road. That's middle of the road, completely watchable, could be fun. Don't hate it, don't love don't it. Don't hate it, don't love it. It's all Give right. it a full star above that. This is something that I really enjoy. I love the Hulk. It's a great character. This is a great job of characterizing a lot of this. A lot of the characters, a lot of, or a lot of the, the, the comic that I really love, they drag in a bunch of like homage to stuff and subtle homage to things that I love about the Hulk. I mean, evidence is the Wolverine reference or what I take as a Wolverine reference. I mean, they really buried stuff deep into this and I really appreciated that about this movie. So I think three and a half is fair. I think that if I, if I say that this is four stars, it's only slightly not as good as Iron Man. But I think Iron Man is the pinnacle of how good the Marvel Cinematic Universe is or can be. And I think that this is not that movie. But it is a very, very good movie. So Interesting. Okay. Three and a half for me. Sounds good. Sounds fair. All right. Now, next week, we're going to go back to Iron Man for Iron Man 2. Yep. This is the is this the only phase that has two movies from the same character in it? I have no idea. I feel like it might be. 
I feel like it might be. And I think it's a little a little odd, but I think what else were they going to do? They weren't going to give us a Black Widow movie right off the bat, which is sad to say, but right, they right. didn't. You know, they weren't going to give us that. Even though Nat does play a huge role in Avengers, they didn't give us that. That would have been the smart move, but everybody loved Iron Man. So we're going to go back and we're going to visit with Tony again. And we're going to find out about my bird. We will. All right. That's it from us. Thanks for listening. We'll see you right here next week with Robert Downey Jr. in Iron Man 2 right here on the couch. You have been listening to A View from the Couch. Visit our new website, thecouchpod.com, where you will find a calendar of upcoming releases, links to our podcast episodes, and you can sign up for our upcoming newsletter. You can also email our host directly at view at thecouchpod.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review on the podcast platform of your choice. Every review helps us get noticed. Thanks for listening.